Welcome, all you blokes and chillers, to the Sports Shack from the Gold Coast, Australia. In the Sports Shack this week, we're going to talk about some of the sporting topics of the week and go back in time and some of our favourite sporting memories from the past as well as the news and events, music and film, and lots more. And all from and with our great mate, Paul Tonner. We acknowledge the Ugambe people, past and present, the traditional custodians of this land, of the Gold Coast, we thank the Yogambe people for the opportunities to do this podcast on their land. Welcome to this episode of the Sports Shack. I hope you're well and have had a great sporting week. How's your sporting week been, Glenn? Yeah, it's been interesting. Yeah. Lots of um, different places to go and things to do and I... Mm. I got my sec- second shot at a visor. So. Oh, you got a Pfizer one? Yeah. Well done. Yeah. So Did well to get that. Yeah, but when we got this, said because of Michelle Pfizer, mm. said even though the anazenics, AstraZeneca is a low risk of blood clots, he said, yeah. if I got a blood clot, then it wouldn't be good for my condition. No. <laughs> so I yeah. went with his... Um, his advice, mm-hmm. yeah, but otherwise it's been yeah another yeah busy week, lots of things happening, mm. and that yeah yeah. Um, how's your week? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Up and down. <laughs> I woke up this morning, and uh, oh, it was all happening. Yeah. yeah, I heard all this this noise coming from the laundry. Yeah. It was like a fizzing noise and a bubbling noise. <laughs> and I'm thinking, my God, what the hell's that? Yeah. I go out there, there's water all over the floor, on the uh, walls, and the bloody hot water had blown. Oh, no. Oh, it was spewing. Yeah. So big plumbing bill coming up and cold yeah. showers in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I went to school in um, Brad Fitler. He was in my year at school, you know, yeah. the great NRL player and the current yeah. New South Wales Blues coach. Yeah. And I heard him uh, being interviewed he, on the, the Wide World of Sports podcast yeah. last week. Yeah. And he, he talks about how he has these cold showers. He does all this cold shower therapy. Yeah. And it's this bloke in oh, some Swedish bloke. You yeah, know, and it's there's massive health benefits with it. Oh yeah, but geez, I'm, I'm not brave enough. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it, yeah. Well, well, in Queensland here, in summertime, you don't even need to turn on the hot water because yeah. it, it does get the cold does get warm. Oh I mate, I don't know if it happens at your place, but it happens here. I'm a thirty degree person yeah. with my water. Yeah, I was up the um, magnesium pills yesterday. Mm. And uh, there was a heap of rugby league players came in from the Upper Coomera Pythons, and and they were using the um, the c- cold and hot pills at one end, and and I actually congratulated the coast, the coach. I mm. just said I've never seen such, such respectful kids. Yeah, group of guys. Oh, it's great. Yeah, they were mainly yeah. young ones, but mm. they were just—they were really, yeah, 
Um, yeah. You know, even though they're screaming when they go in the third end of Great Pearl, yeah. they were still... How old were they, mate? Oh, they were sort of 12 upwards. Okay. But they were, you know, the, 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 the coach was make, mm. making sure that they got in there and and they weren't, yeah, trying, yeah. <laughs> trying to um, get out of it. They had to get right in and there, mm. there must have been about 50 of them. Really? Yeah. yeah. And they had them swapping over between the hot and the cold. Well, when I used to coach um, uh, at the Queensland State Cricket Titles, you know, like one year I was coaching up in Chartist House, you know, because it was up there. Yeah. And, oh, God, jeez, it was hot, you know. Yeah. Middle of summer, Chartist House, yeah. 40 degrees every day. Yeah. And I had the guys, like they got to play five games in five days. Yeah. And I had them in the pool every morning yeah. doing yeah. just exercises, you know, yeah. just to get it, get rid of the lactic acid and, yeah, yeah and cooling uh, down in the pool afterwards yeah. after the game. And yeah. it's amazing what water therapy can yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, no, nah, getting into those cold showers, <laughs> yeah. I'm lucky if I last a second. Yeah. Uh, uh. I don't mind it during summer. Yeah. Because uh, it gets to cool off. Mm. And also the new, the news this week, the, the, um, our, dis, our disabled athletes are also going to be paid for the, I heard that. the medals that they win. That's great, isn't it? And at the same pay rate as the able-bodied athletes, mm. which I thought, yeah, that is... It's it's good to see. Yeah, that's fair enough, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So then the government's come up with the coffers to mm. to um you know fund that. Yeah. Yeah, because they do have to put a lot a lot of effort in. Mm. Yeah. I feel a bit guilty, really, because I haven't had a chance to watch much of it, really, apart from what I've seen on the news. Yeah. yeah so I mm. I haven't sat down and watched. Yeah, you know, a full event, but I've sort of been had seen bits and pieces during the week. Yeah. yeah. Well, I did find some photos. I was looking at it the other day because I I went to a day at the Paralympics when it was in Sydney. Yeah. Yeah, and I put some of the photos on the Facebook page, and yeah, it brings back some nice memories. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I'm really enjoying watching the. Uh, Nothing beats test cricket, you know, good test cricket series. Yeah. And um, the England versus India series I've been watching on Fox at the moment. Yeah. Oh, it's just, yeah, infr- yeah, really, really good. Yeah. So, yeah. so between England, is it playing? Mm. Well, the uh, first yeah. test was drawn yeah. and. Who's, pl- who's playing? England versus India. Okay. Yeah. And uh, India won the second test at Lords, and England yeah. flogged India in the last test. Yeah. And this test match is evenly poised. Yeah. So, um, geez, I'll tell you what, we are in trouble. And yeah. they come out for the Ashes. Yeah. 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 I honestly think we're in all sorts of trouble. 
Although their batting's a bit fragile. Yeah. They've got bowlers who can do things with the ball. Oh, yeah. You know, like they can swing it, they can cut it. Where, you know, our bowlers couldn't even bowl the Indian um, second, third team. Out. Yeah. Yeah, on a fifth day. Oh, yeah. Mm, so, and England's uh, captain, Jay, Jay Root, he's just in awesome batting form. Yeah. Yeah, he's just getting century after century after century after century. Yeah. And, yeah, he'll, you know, without doubt, be their greatest batsman of all time, yeah. I reckon. Are they playing in front of cloud, crowds? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Full houses. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, it's all back to normal. Yeah. Mm, has been for the whole series. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've, I've heard different stories mm. yeah, that come out like, yeah, like truck drivers that if they've turned up to do a delivery at a place that's been that's had a COVID exposure, the drivers to drive back home to their place, take the truck back to their place, mm. even if it's fully loaded. Yeah, and they get tested and stay there for. Mm. So for, that's over there, is it? Well, that's from what I've heard. Yeah. I think they've just put their hands up in the air and, look, I know they're getting lots of cases still over there. Yeah. But I think they've just put their hands up in the air and, oh, let's just get on with life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, well, well the, the Premier of New South Wales has said, oh, we're going to open back up to international travel. Mm. But you've got to remember their vaccination rates are a lot higher than ours. Yeah. So that's probably got a fair bit to do with it. Yeah, but they've got – they're not expecting their Delta cases to start dropping until mm. October. Yeah. Because yeah, they're getting up to 1,200 a day. That's right. So I go, yeah. It's like New South Wales, eh? Yeah. It was 1,400 and something yesterday. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, which I, I have a little bit un- – a little bit confusing understanding that if the this Delta strain travels faster and is more yeah. infects faster, yeah. why is it why is it in some case why does it seem to be the cases are rising more and more even though they've put in greater lockdown? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, yeah, it's not, weird, isn't it? I can do about it. But yeah, <laughs> I'm covered. And hey, Parramatta caused a massive upset last weekend. They beat the Melbourne Storm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Melbourne Storm were going for the record of most consecutive wins. Like I think it was yeah. like twenty wins in a row. Yeah, and Parra ended it. Yeah, uh, but they won last night. The Storm and have won the minor premiership. Yeah. And what does Parramatta's coach do? During the week, he decides to rest all these good players and yeah. put out a reserve grade team against Penrith last night. <laughs> and not surprisingly, Parramatta got flogged. Yeah. So I, I sort of heard that on the radio, but uh, inexplicable. There was some excuse about. Well, I'll, I'll give you one tip: he'll have egg on his face next week if they lose. Yeah. 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 So, nah, I don't, I don't agree with resting players. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. 
nah, it's just just stupid. So where are they on the ladder? Well, they've ended up. They're probably going to finish sixth, yeah. and that's a disappointment, you know, because for most of the year they were come coming right up the very top there. You oh, know? Yeah. yeah, second for most of the year. Yeah. And then they had that losing streak, and then they've just they've just got some form back. You yeah. know, they'd won their last two games. Yeah. They beat the best team in the comp. Yeah. Who haven't lost a game, you know, since early in the year. Yeah. And, ah, and the destroy all that momentum and, nah, we'll put in. Well, fair enough, they'll play in Penrith. Yeah. You know, Penrith probably would have beaten them with their best side. But, yeah. you know, yeah, just you'd prefer to get beaten – in a close game rather than get flogged going into the finals. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but no, we had all this drama last week with uh, South Sydney's Latrell Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know whether you saw that on the news. He he used to play for the Roosters. Yeah. And he, yeah, really did a really recul- reckless tackle on yeah. the Roosters' uh, Joey Manu, yeah. which is one of his mates. Yeah. Fractured his cheekbone in three places. And oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's the end of South Sydney for the year. Yeah. He's, yeah. He just doesn't know how to curb his aggression. Yeah. Yeah. And did you see that in the AFL? That um, Toby Green, is it? The Giants player. Yeah. Yeah, oh. he's, he's gone up and bloody shoulder barged the referee, the umpire. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's given him a gobful and, yeah, so he's he's out for the uh, year, yeah. suspended, and the AFL actually want to give him a bigger suspension. Oh, uh, yeah. Because he just, you can't uh, make contact with the umpires. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he's just gone up and deliberately, you could tell it was deliberate. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh-huh. But I remember when I played AFL for Manly years ago, like we're playing Borkham Hills, I think it was. Yeah. And we had this one guy, and he was a bit of a hothead. And he's, you know, bloody pushing the the umpire and swearing at him. And yeah. I don't think he got, he, I don't think he got fined at all. I don't even think he got sent off. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he was suspended. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. They've become a bit too soft on them. Well, this is years ago. Yeah. Uh, this is over 30 years ago. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, oh, the, the AFL have got really strict laws about even if you accidentally touch an umpire, yeah. you get suspended. Yeah. He's actually gone up and boom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. And that's just unforgivable. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So what's been uh, happening in the AFL, Glenn? I haven't had a chance to see the results from last night. We're into the finals, I know that. Yeah, uh, yeah, semi. Yeah, we've had the well, the quarterfinals last week. Mm-hmm. And back in that, there was the winners were uh, Port Adelaide by three points. Yep. Sydney, uh, no the. GWS Giants. Yeah, beat them by a point, I heard. Yeah. Mugger. 
Melbourne versus Brisbane. Melbourne beat Brisbane by 33 points. The Bulldogs versus Essendon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get the Bulldogs gave Essendon a bit of a hiding at 85 to 36. Uh, this weekend is just a semi final. Yesterday was played between Geelong and, and the um, GW Giants. Mm, who won that? Geelong. Yeah, I thought they would. 106 to 68. So that knucklehead, he's, you know, cost his team big time, hasn't he? Yeah. So they're, they're out they're out now. That's yeah. the end of the Giants for the season. Yeah. Where a couple of weeks ago, they beat Geelong. Yeah. Down in Geelong. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he's, like, pretty much their best player. Yeah. And, yeah, and even Latrell Mitchell, you know. It's Costi's team, the chance of winning the Premiership. They, they won't win the grand final without him. Yeah. No chance. So so then tonight we have uh, the Brisbane Lions versus the Bulldogs and going back from the the quarterfinals between the two teams, the um, yeah, Bulldogs came on top. Right. Bulldogs won in the quarterfinal and the Brisbane Lions Lost in the quarterfinals, so mm-hmm. probably I'd say the Bulldogs are going to carry that on tonight. All right, and yeah, you know, take over, take over the um, yeah, but the Brisbane Lions. Yeah, yeah. Right. So we got Melbourne on top, Port Adelaide second, mm-hmm. Geelong then Brisbane. And the Bulldogs. So Melbourne and Port Adelaide, they've had the week off, eh? So they're they're into the preliminary. Yeah. So won last week. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So with the NRL, so they this is the last round, mm. and then they go in the finals next week. Yeah. So you've you've got your top four. So the top four get a second chance. Yeah. So Melbourne, uh, Penrith, South Sydney, and surprisingly the Roosters yeah. look like they'll finish in the top four. And that's Herculean by the Roosters, considering the number of injuries they've had. Yeah. Um, so they get a second chance. So one will play four, two play three, and then, yeah, five. Well, I, I think the top eight system's a joke, really. Uh, yeah. yeah, because... You know, like if the Gold Coast Titans beat the Warriors tomorrow, yeah. like they'll make the top eight. Yeah. And they've hardly been able to beat Tom with a stick all year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. But still, as far as I'm concerned, it's a two horse race oh, yeah. now. Yeah. 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 Melbourne and Penrith. Melbourne, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we've got a. Today we have one of our special episodes. Mm, last week in our 2012 episode, I mentioned how American cyclist Lance Armstrong was found guilty of blood doping and had his seven Tour de France titles stripped from him. Mm. Sometimes I call it the Tour 
to a defarce because <laughs> all the blood doping that's gone on over the years. So would have those medals gone to the other no. the people that came second? No, just so, vacant. Yeah. This is oh. what happened, the 2009 NRL Grand Final. Melbourne was stripped yeah. of that. I'm thinking, oh, beauty, Paris going to – because they beat Parramatta in the Grand Final. But no, nah. <laughs> it was just yeah. left vacant. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they haven't had too many issues since then, though. Yeah. yeah. Like, not many cyclists have been caught for blood doping Yeah, since uh, – Lance Armstrong days. Yeah, so today we're going to go back and look at some of the well-known sporting scandals. Yeah, so when you think of sporting scandals, Glenn, what comes to your mind? Apart from Lance Armstrong. (laughs) He's right up there. Yeah, well, just just hearing of uh, drug sheets and, Mm. and, um, yeah, yeah, just... Betting scandals and you know, like a few years ago when they had the Australian team cricket team was caught out with the yeah sandpaper gate yeah mm. but but that uh, it's just sort of yeah there's some yeah I'm sure there's something a lot more deeper than mm. than what they make than what we get to hear about. Yeah, that's right. In the, in it. Well, just when you talk about that sandpaper gate, yeah. you know, like um, Cameron Bancroft, one of the Australian players who was caught, yeah. you know, yeah. he was the one who was actually instructed to yeah. have the um, sandpaper. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's come out in recent weeks and said, yeah, the yeah. bowlers knew about it the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, so but, that's surprising. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a TV series called Jeanette King, right? And in one of the series, well, it goes like, like there are series, but each series covers a topic. And in one of the topics, it it was it covered corruption in sport, mm. and it showed this. It was about they discovered that this guy that was fixing matches, but he he was he was in construction, yeah, and he would he'd, he'd win a big game, he'd bet on a game and win lots of money, then move it over to Switzerland, but then he would he would um, when it came around to doing the next fixing the next match, he, he would start a, up a construction company in England or another country and then put it as a lot, move money over that new company, mm. then then have a, write up a loan agreement with this company yeah. overseas and that would send it to him and then he would place a bet. Really? So it was a really... It's amazing what they place bets on. Yeah. Like they'll place bets on some far away satellite tennis tournament. Yeah, you know, number six hundred and forty-two in the world. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't, I don't understand fully understand how we get to to sort of well, they say it's betting that mm. on the American lottery. Yeah, 
Like, how does that work out? Because apparently, you, from what I understand, you're not actually buying a ticket. You're sort of betting that these, I don't know what it is, but you're betting that it's not going to go off. Yeah. So what are, you, what, what are your views on betting? You're a fan of it or...? Uh, and that, it, well, I, I, I just use, I go with the, the Powerball or, yeah. or I was like, oh, when it's, when it's a, up there for a good prize, but betting on horse racing or anything like that, I would only do it if I'm, if I'm, now I'm on a, on the good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the only time I, Place a bet now is the Melbourne Cup every year. Yeah. That's a waste of time now because I'll go like a busted anyway. Yeah. 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 I used to do all right in it, but not these days. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, it's. Yeah, just, yeah. You know, I, I also get to think, well, why? Why are they doing this when they get paid so well mm. compared to what they used to? That's right. In the older, yeah, older days, especially when Shane Warne first started on the Australian, Australian team, uh, and he's playing in Friday, Saturday nights, he was delivering pizzas. Yeah, that's you know, right. Because they, they mm. weren't making anything. Yeah. So I could understand that if they had an opportunity to make a bit more, um, yeah, you would, but but when it's coming up to, yeah, um, yeah, when you, yeah, when a captain of Australia is making seven figures, yeah, yeah, in in wages and sponsorship and all that, yeah, it it's uh, to me it, it's made me lose interest in the game. Yeah, yeah, because they're not. Because like athletes, okay, there's athletes out there that um, do cheat, take drugs, but there's athletes out there that um, that just put their heart and soul in to mm. to, to win. For, for you know, for, no, for they're not looking for anything in return. You know, like yeah. we just said that the the Paralympic. Athletes are going to be paid for the the medals that they win. Mm. This is the first time ever, and the Paralympics have been around for a little while as well. Mm. And and as a person with the disability that I have, I understand what it takes. Yeah, exactly. To get there, yeah. because you yeah, you know, some some days they would be having a great day or a mm. great week and then other times it would be just a real struggle Well, I, I and battle a, um, to get there. There was an Aussie guy who won a gold medal. He was a truck driver. Yeah. Yeah, and he was uh, – he had a bad accident yeah. and left him – you know, had, he had a whole leg amputated <laughs> and, yeah, rides a bike with one leg. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, mum was saying that yesterday. Mm. Yeah. Just about the, yeah. Incredible. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, if, if you watch the NRL now, like I, I, I hear what you're saying, you know, how it puts you off. Yeah. And, yeah, like just about 
nearly every second ad is like a sports betting ad. Yeah. You know, with all these different companies and it, yeah. Mm. It's like it's it's the the the, the sports being played. To make the betting companies money, yeah, yeah. instead of being, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, I could see the, yeah, you know, the, the, t- the, the grades that came up the magnesium pools, yeah, yeah, you, know, you could see the dedication, and that because they didn't want to be getting in the thirteen degrees of temperature in the magnesium pool, but the coaches get in there. Yeah. And don't move, and <laughs> yeah. so you could see, you could see the t- determination, and some mm. some of them would just get in there and do it. Yeah, I didn't have to be told, and you, I could see, yeah, seeing them hopefully get successful in the in their career. Yeah, but also they then had that crop that I see by well. Yeah, possible scandal, or you've got to play this way or play that way. Mm. And I go well. As a young kid, you've gone in there for the love of the game. Yeah, and he wants to be able to get, yeah, you know, whether he wants to get the first grade. Yeah, you know, but yeah, you know, he's doing it because he loves the sport. Mm. That's right. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, we've got a big show today. Yeah. So we've got a quiz. The quiz is back. Yeah. Yeah, Olivia. It's quiz time with Olivia. Yeah, and here she is, Miss Olivia, to read this episode's quiz. She's just getting herself <laughs> sorted. She's getting headphones on. Yeah. My headphones are on backwards. Yeah. It's all happening. How are you, Olivia? I am pretty good. Yeah, so what are you about to... I'm sorry. Dad's trying to... <laughs> <laughs> Dad's been an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Dad's trapped. <laughs> I trapped him. Yeah. Sorry, what were you saying? So what have you been up to? Uh, well, nothing have, much this week. Have you done anything sporty? Not really. You play sport at school. Yes, I do. We're doing a volleyball unit and we have creative dance, which counts. Yeah. Um, and I do ballet. Uh, yeah. Any corruption in there? I'm <laughs> 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 uh, just joking. Dad, I think people can hear you laughing like 20 miles away. Uh, well, well, that's the whole idea of the sports show. Yeah. We, we get to <laughs> go on. We just get to go on with whatever. Did you guys hear that? I'm wow. sure that, yeah. I'll hear it. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. All right. So the first question is what did Mike Tyson do to his opponent Evander Holyfield in the 1997 heavyweight title bout? I'll read that again. What did Mike Tyson do to his opponent Evander Holyfield in the 1997 heavyweight title bout? Question two. What famous media personality did a TV interview of Lance Armstrong in January 2013 where he exposed the great doping scandal of all time. I'll read that again. 
What famous media personality did a TV interview of Lance Armstrong in January 2013 where he exposed the greatest doping scandal of all time? Question three. What was the name of the fate, the late, sorry, what was the name of the late former South African cricket captain who was involved in match fixing in 2000? I'll read that again. What was the name of the late former South African cricket captain who was involved in match fixing in 2000? Mm-hmm. That's all the quiz questions. Uh, oh. Okay. Okay, well, she going on to the next topic as well. Okay, let's go to the next one. This week's Who Am I? Okay, away you go. Who is it this week? Okay, welcome to Who Am I? I was born in Switzerland in 1936. I'm a retired former football administrator and I was the president of FIFA from 1998 to 2015. My reign of head FIFA was persistently dogged by claims of corruption and financial mismanagement. In 2015, I received a 12-year ban due to a number of incidents such as involvement in massive bonus payments and breaches surrounding a $2 million disloyal payment made to the UEFA and former French football great Michael Platini in 2011, who was also found guilty. My name is... Okay. Uh, Olivia, I think your father's going to lose his job shortly. Because <laughs> you do a lot better job than him. I'll just yeah. sit back here. <laughs> yeah. it, might, it, might, it might have to be the sports shack with Olivia. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, well, My turn now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There you go. So we'll go on to the next topic. Rody, hey. Where are they now? Where are they now? Okay. Right. Who have we got today? Oh, we're going to the world of figure skating today. Yeah. Yep. The world of figure skating. We're going to look at the career of Nancy Kerrigan. Yeah, she was an American figure skater. And, yeah, so she was a bronze medalist at the 1992 Winter Olympics and a silver medalist at the 1994 Winter Olympics and a 1993 US national champion. And according to marriedbiography.com, Nancy began her skating career as a child and rose to prominence in 1987 when she finished fourth at the 1987 US Junior Figure Skating Championships. She qualified for the 1991 World Championship, where she won a bronze medal. Now, here's the scandal coming up, Glenn. In 1994, Kerrigan was attacked with a police baton by an an assailant hired by the ex-husband of Kerrigan's skating rival, Tonya Harding. Yeah. It was known as the whack heard round the world. Yeah. <laughs> Kerrigan recovered and resumed training, going on to win silver at the Lillehammer Olympics. And according to Wikipedia, after the Games, 
Harding received a permanent ban from competitive figure skating. Uh, so I think last time I heard she was um, involved in, you know, that ultimate. Oh, no, she was, she was a boxer, professional boxer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I reckon she had something to do with it. Uh, yeah. I think she's telling a few porky pies because uh, uh, she reckons she had nothing to do with it. Uh, it was all done by her ex-husband. Uh, yeah. But I think she was the mastermind. Yeah, because being, yep. being an ex-husband, you'd probably want more likely to be mm. ex-wife. Well, you think how competitive it would be to be get onto that figure skating team, the American figure skating team, yeah. the Olympics, you know. It's probably only a couple of places. Yeah. Yeah. So Nancy retired from competition in 1995 and was inducted into the US Skating Hall of Fame in 2004. Now, what she's doing today, Nancy is now 51 years of age and is married with three children. She's made appearances in several TV shows and programs, such as Dancing with the Stars, and she has toured and performed with several ice skating troops that included Champions on Ice and Broadway on Ice. And she's appeared in movies such as the ice skating comedy film Blades of Glory, which featured Will Ferrell. Did you ever see that movie? Yeah. Blades of Glory? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I've never seen it. I've heard it's really funny. Yeah. 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 And she created the Nancy Kerrigan Foundation, which aims to raise awareness and support for the vision impaired. Mm. Her mother, Brenda, is legally blind. Yeah. Yeah, I never knew that. So the knee bashing made big news and after the games increased the interest in figure skating with an increase in participation numbers. So it's amazing because the same happened with the underarm incident, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, you know, oh, back in 1981 when Trevor Chappell was instructed by his brother Greg to bowl at underarm ball. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, in that when they played New Zealand, yeah. yeah. So apparently, um, Jeremy Coney, who was playing for New Zealand at the time, yeah, yeah, and he later captained them, and yeah, he's one of their famous former players. Yeah, yeah. He was saying the Greg Chapel, oh mate, that's the best thing you've ever done. The best thing that ever happened in New Zealand cricket. Yeah, because yeah, it increased the interest of cricket yeah. in the country because. Yeah. Yeah, before that, it was just, you know, real second-string sport yeah. because rugby is just a religion there, you know. Yeah. you got rugby first and daylight second. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it got got the um, the country really interested in cricket. Mm. Yeah. So it wasn't all that bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But thankfully her knee recovered. Yeah, and she's had a successful life. Yep. Mm. Okay, so that's the story of Nancy Kerrigan. So we're going to look at some sports scandal events now, a whole heap of them. Yeah. Yeah, we could go on all day, but these are the ones that really come into my mind. Yeah. Yeah, so I think the first thing I remember was in 1979, the Dennis Lilly aluminium bat drama. (laughs) So it was in a test match against England at the Wacker in Perth. And Lily came out to bat with this aluminium bat that he'd been using in the nets, you know, because normally cricket bats are wooden. 
Yeah, so he's... But, but wouldn't that give more vibration? Yeah, yeah, well, that's, that's what you would have thought. Yeah. And they thought he was just Ging up the yeah. players, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, he was determined to use it. And, you know, when he was batting, like, the ball was hardly, you know, going anywhere. Yeah. You just think, why the bloody hell is he using it? Yeah. Yeah, and England captain Mike Brearley complained it was damaging the ball, which is fair enough. And then, uh, you know, so the umpires instructed him, you know, yeah, you're not allowed to play with it. Yeah. And, yeah, what happened was... uh, you know, he's gone into the dressing room with the aluminium bat to go get a wooden bat. And then Rod Marsh says to him, you're not going to let those dickheads tell you what they do, are you? Yeah. Yeah, so Dennis Lilly goes back out there with his aluminium bat and then, yeah. you know, all this drama happens again. And then Greg Chappell, who was a captain, actually ran onto the field, handed him a wooden bat, and then Lilly froze the aluminium bat <laughs> Away in disgust. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so we had the underarm in- incident a few years later. Yeah. yeah, so this was in the third one-day final. And, yeah, the series was locked at one all and it was a really hot summer day in Melbourne, you know. And, uh, yeah, Australia batted first and yeah. Greg Chappell got a heap of runs and yeah. they're about, oh, you know. Yeah, they looked like they they had a good score that was going to be hard to chase. Yeah. And, yeah, but New Zealand batted well and it got down to the stage where, like in the last over, yeah. uh, Trevor Chappell, yeah. who was Greg Chappell's younger brother, yeah. he was bowling. Yeah. And, yeah, he was a medium pacer. And they needed six runs to tie off the last ball. Mm. So... Brian McKechnie, he's a former, he's, he was a former All Black, former yeah. New Zealand rugby player. Yeah. Yeah, but he also played cricket. Yeah. And he came out to bat. And, yeah, he's a big, burly bloke. Mm. So, you know, if someone's going to hit a six, it was him. But, yeah. see, back then, um, yeah, the chances of him hitting that six were very, very rare. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> just, uh, like it wasn't like today where the bats are a lot more powerful and, uh, yeah, like back then they didn't have the ropes, you know, that uh, come in from the boundary. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, he just, he was just fed up, you know. He was so burnt out, Greg Chapel, mm. so run down. He, he just had enough of playing all these games all the time. Yeah. Nearly every day, yeah. traveling all over the country, yeah. and he's 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 always said that he wasn't fit to captain a rowing team that day, yeah. let alone a cricket, the national cricket team. Yeah. And yeah, he's just in, he had enough. He just said to Trevor Chapel, bowl an underarm, yeah. so that way they can't he can't hit a six. Yeah. Um, so he bowls the underarm. McKechnie throws a bat away in disgust. Yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, but New Zealand captain, he came running onto the field, Jeff Howth. Yeah. And he said, you're not allowed to do that. That rule was banned, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, it's not in the rules. Yeah. But what he didn't understand was that it had been banned in England, but not in Australia. Yeah. They hadn't. 
they had not yet incorporated that no bowling underarm law uh. into into Australia yet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he was within his rights to bowl it. Uh. Yeah, but a few days later, yeah, they it got cancelled for good. Uh. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's one of the most famous <laughs> incidents in Australian sport, that one. Yeah. Yeah, and then... Later on that year, we, we get another Dennis Lilly drama. Yeah. Yeah. The Dennis Lilly, Javid, me and dad blew. Yeah. So this was yeah. the first test at the Wacker. And Dennis Lilly's bowling to Pakistan batsman Javid, me and dad, who was one of their, the greatest, probably the greatest Pakistan batsman of all time. But me and dad was a real niggler, you know. He, he liked to get under player's skin. Yeah. And, uh, Lily's bowled, me and Dad's hit it off his pads for a couple of runs. And when he's come back to run his second, yeah. Lily's deliberately walked in his way. Yeah. Me and Dad's collided with him. Yeah. And then they've had a few words exchanged and Lily's gone up to me and Dad, kicked his pad, and then the umpire gets in between them to try and break it up. And then me and Dad gets his bat and lifts it up and is threatening to hit Lily. And uh, yeah, so he got like about a two hundred and fifty dollar fine and uh, suspended from a couple of one day games, and that uh, was it. <laughs> Imagine if that happened today. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then yeah, a lot of these. Scandals of so many have happened in the world of cricket, mm. you know. And then 1994, we had John the Bookmaker controversy. So, what happened was Australian cricketers Shane Warne and Mark War were fined by the Australian Cricket Board for providing an Indian bookie called John with pitch and weather information. But the thing was, it didn't come out in the news until like four years later. Uh, yeah, so the Australian Cricket Board had covered it up for four years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pitch them with information. Yeah. yeah well, well, they, they, this is what, they, they bet on anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Because um, betting on, on cricket matches, especially in India and Pakistan, is just out of control. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, they bet on things like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And then uh, also that year, you had Australia touring Pakistan and Sally Malik, who was the Pakistan captain, and the Aussies used to call him the rat because he looked like a rat. His face looked like a rat. And he was asking, you know, it was the first test match and the game was, you know, really in the balance and Pakistan were chasing, oh, you know, about 300 to win. And they ended up winning by one wicket, you mm. know, because the Aussies couldn't get that final wicket with about 50 runs left. Yeah. Um, but that the night before, yeah, Malik has um, got someone to knock on Shane Warne's door and said, oh, you know, Sally Malik wants to see you. And Shane Warne's going, what does a rat want to, want to see me for? This is weird. <laughs> uh. And he goes and sees him. Sally Malik, and he, Sally Malik says, you know, I'll pay you all this money, thousands and thousands of dollars, for you, the bowl, you and Tim May, who was the other Australian spinner, yeah. the bowl badly, so yeah. Pakistan would win. 
Uh, Shane Warne's just told him to piss off. and uh, Yeah, and he's gone and reported it to, you know, the team management. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, you had that. And then 2007, you had the Bob Woolmer death. So he was um, a former English opening batsman. Um, uh, you know, he played in the World Series cricket years and uh, uh, really successful coach. Uh, coached South Africa for years and, uh, um, you know, and he was coaching Pakistan at the 2007 World Cup in the West Indies. Uh, and they'd just been beaten by Ireland. Ireland had caused a massive upset beating them uh, um, in Jamaica. Uh, yeah. And after the match, you know, the next day on the news, yeah, Bob, the main story on the news was Bob, Bob Wilmer has been found dead in his hotel room. <laughs> yeah, so it was at the Pegasus Hotel in Jamaica. So this is, you know, hours after the game and... According to businessinsider.com, initially it was thought Woolmer died of a heart attack. However, a pathologist declared he'd been strangled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so even Scotland Yard joined in on the investigation. Until this day, his death remains a mystery. Yeah. yeah. So the actual World Cup was, at one stage, it looked like it was going to be called off. Mm. Mm. Yep. And then 2010, you have another Pakistan drama, <laughs> like in cricket, the spot-fixing scandal. Now, oh, gosh. This involved a tabloid reporter from the News of the World who persuaded three Pakistan players, Salman Butt, Mohammad Amir and Mohammad Asif, to fix specific moments in the match yeah. with the intention of placing wages on those exact moments. Yeah, so so one one thing you got to realise that the Pakistan players, you know, they don't get because they're a third world country and they don't get paid nowhere near as much as yeah. the Australian players. Uh, yeah. So if someone's offering a young fella like Mohammed Amir, yeah. who was like seventeen, eighteen years of age at the time, yeah. you know, I'll give you thousands of dollars, a nice car if you bowl a no ball. Yeah. On the third delivery of your fifth over, uh, so this is what they bet on, things like this. Yeah. yeah. So Mohammed Amir, he bowled three straight no balls, just as they planned. So this is in a test match against England at Lords, and according to GamblingSites.com, Scotland Yard detectives then investigated the trio, and they were tried in English court. So they had it all under. Um, uh, hidden camera. Yeah. yeah. And jail terms were handed down for all three men, um, plus a fourth named uh, Mazar Majid for his role in the scandal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Salman Butt, he was a captain of Pakistan at the time. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Muhammad Asif and Muhammad Amir, just brilliant bowlers. Uh-huh. You know? But Muhammad Amir, you know, he was just a teenager. So he was only suspended for a couple of years and he's been back playing for a while now. Uh, and, you know, he's definitely learnt, learned his lesson and yeah. moved on. Yeah. So and he, he received a fair bit of sympathy, you know, because of his young age and just being naive. Yeah. And, yeah. 
and you probably yeah probably being threatened like yeah yeah if you yeah. don't do it you you know well this is it like with Bob Woolmer they think this is why he, he might have been killed because he was about to expose yeah a lot of what was going on in Pakistan yeah. cricket yeah yeah so uh, yeah we get to the nineteen ninety five ninety six season now and Sri Lanka's great spin bowler Mohammed uh, Matai Muraliteran the no ball drama. This was during Sri Lanka's tour of Australia. The champion spinner was repeatedly no-balled by umpire Daryl Hare for an illegal bowling action. And according to Tim Collins in the bleacherreport.com, Sri Lanka captain Arjuna Ranatunga instructed his teammates not to shake hands with Australian players in the subsequent one-day series. Mm. And in their next tour to Australia three years later, the tensions remained high when umpire Ross Emerson no-balled Muraliteran in Adelaide and this resulted in Ranatunga taking his players off the field. Yeah, so what happened with Mattia, he he was born with a deformity in his arm, right? Yeah. Where he, he, he cannot straighten his arm at all. yeah. So he was an off-spin bowler, yeah. right? So when he was bowling, it looked like he was throwing. Chucking it. But he actually wasn't. Like, yeah. tests have proved that, yeah. you know, they've done all these biomechanical tests galore on him. Yeah. And it proves that he, he doesn't throw the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even, uh, there was one one-day game where he was getting no-balled. Yeah. That 95-96 season. And he started bowling leg breaks. Where yeah. the ball goes out the back of the hand. Yeah. <laughs> That's impossible. Yeah. So, you know, you could you can only bowl a leg break with your arm fully fully um, extended. Yeah. You know, and he was no ball for that. So yeah. I can understand why they got a bit pissed off the Sri Lankans. Yeah. Yeah, but he's ended up being the greatest uh, wicket taker in the history of Test cricket. Yeah. Yeah. So just a lovely, lovely man from what I've heard, Matai yeah. Muraliteran. Yeah. And he's a cricket nut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently when he was playing, none of the players wanted to sit next to him yeah. <laughs> on the plane because yeah. he would talk their ear off with cricket. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, nah. Mm. Yeah, and I don't know if you remember this one. This was in 1999. The can't bowl, can't throw. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this was during the second test between Australia and Pakistan and Hobart. Yeah. Pakistan actually didn't have anything to do with this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just happened to be playing at the time. Oh, yeah. So Shane Warne was bowling. Yeah. It's amazing how many scandals Warney's involved in over the years. Yeah. <laughs> Never affected his play, though. Yeah. Yeah. But the Channel 9 effects microphones picked up a voice saying, he can't bowl and he can't throw. <laughs> In reference to a wayward throw from the outfield by paceman, Aussie paceman Scott Muller. And Shane Warne, who was bowling, was alleged to have said, said it. However, a Channel 9 cameraman called Joe confessed to saying it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> and they've actually made a song about it. Uh-huh. You can't bowl and you can't throw. Uh, it's called uh, uh, sung by a band called Six and Out, uh, and they're made up of uh, Brett Lee, uh, former Aussie paceman, uh, 
and his brother Shane Lee, Gavin Robertson, former Aussie Test player, yeah. and a few other cricketers there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if you ever see the video <laughs> on YouTube, it's funny. Uh, I'll put it on there. So, yeah, we've got the Shane Warne sex and drug scandal now. <laughs> oh, gosh, which one? Yeah. So all these secret affairs and he's texting and with many women around the world and, yeah, and he was sent home on the eve of the 2003 World Cup in South Africa for testing positive to a banned diuretic yeah. during his return from a shoulder injury. So he was saying that, you know, he was taking it to... Yeah, to improve his looks, and his <laughs> mum, his mum gave it to him. Uh, yeah, but yeah. No, he copped a he had to cop a twelve month ban, uh, and yeah, I, I, I was up at Kmart mm. this week, and I just saw this, yeah, trashy magazine saying, "Ah, oh, Shane Wine and Liz Hell, Liz Hurley back on." Really? I thought, yeah, yeah. Like everything that print in there yeah. is never, yeah, never true. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, the amount of stuff that they've done with, with mm. other celebrities. I wouldn't mind having the life Shane Warne's got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no, it ended up, his wife ended up. Leaving him eventually. Yeah, 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 she finally got the tip. Yeah. Yeah. So in two thousand and eight, we had the Monkey Gate drama. Mm. This was in the Sydney Test match. And this is where Aussie cricketer Andrew Simons was called a monkey. So he's got a bit of West Indian heritage in him, yeah. Andrew Simons, and yeah. yeah, he was called a monkey by Indian player Harbhajan Singh. And this originated in the previous one-day series in India with the crowds chanting monkey to Simons when he was, when he was batting. <laughs> Harbhajan received a three-match ban, but he was later acquitted of racist remarks after an appeal hearing and when the Indian team threatened the call off the tour. Uh. Yeah, so this is how gutless the Australian cricket board are, yeah. you know. Yeah, they couldn't afford yeah. for uh, India to go home because they would have lost heaps yeah. and heaps of money. Yeah. Um, yeah. So whatever India says, they get because yeah. they control like 85% of the game. Yeah. Mm. And then 2018, yeah, we talking about it early, Glenn was, the Aussie ball tampering scandal, Sandpaper Gate. This was during the third test match against South Africa at Newlands in Cape Town. Aussie opener Cameron Bancroft was caught by television cameras trying to rough up one side of the ball with sandpaper to make it swing in flight. Aussie captain Steve Smith and vice captain Steve, uh, sorry, David Warner were found to be involved and all three received unprecedented sanctions from Cricket Australia. Mm. Although found not to be involved, Aussie coach Darren Lehman resigned following the scandal. Yeah, but yeah, heaps of players have been caught for doing illegal things yeah. with the ball, you know. Yeah, yeah like South Africa's captain Hansi, uh, Faf Duplessis, we were talking about him last week. Yeah. Yeah, like he's been involved and 
rubbing the ball on a zipper, I think. And uh. yeah, you know, I, I think it was really bad what the Aussies did there, but yeah, mm. I think they've been made a bit of a scapegoat for a, a lot of what others, you know, heaps of. It's been going on for years. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, but they copped some bands and we had those visions, you know, when they came back on the plane. Yeah. I think there was a lot of sympathy for Steve Smith, not for David Warner, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, not at all. Yeah. Now, we go the golf now. <laughs> We're getting off cricket for a sec. <laughs> the, yeah, 2009, Tiger Woods. Yeah, his beautiful wife, Aline Ellen uh, Nordegren, chased him out of their home with a golf club upon learning he had uh. been unfaithful. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Livy. <laughs> it gets even better. A golf Woods, club? Woods crashed his Escalade, which is a nice fancy car, uh. into a fire hydrant while running from Nordegren. And according to gentlemansjournal.com, <laughs> he's not much of a gentleman. <laughs> News then broke of escorts, porn stars, strippers, waitresses, and exotic dancers he had elicited sexual relationship relations with. Yeah. yeah. A so, golf club. Mm. A golf club. But how, how ironic is it that you know, ten years later, he has a really serious car accident and uh, pretty much has put an end to his career. Uh, but that scandal really stuffed his career up for a long time because uh, he, he didn't win another major uh, for over ten years. There's about nineteen women involved, or something. Oh yeah. Uh, well, just before it happened, he was in Australia. Uh, uh, I think it might have been the Australian Masters. He was in, he was in Melbourne. Uh, and, uh, yeah, people were flying from all over the country to Melbourne to go watch him play. Yeah. Uh, but apparently after the game, he had um, – I think he'd flown one of them out to um, Australia to be with him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, so we go to FIFA now. We go to the world of football. FIFA in 2018, 14 people were – Indicted in connection to bribery charges associated with a variety of incidents such as the 2022 Qatar World Cup bid and a yet unnamed sports equipment company alleged to have paid $40 million in bribes to sponsor the Brazil national football team. Mm. So, yeah, you know, Qatar, it's a very small country. Uh. Population of about a million, million and a half, uh, and they're going to be hosting the World Cup next year. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe. <laughs> well, yeah, like it, it's going to happen in December, I think, because because uh, uh, the heat over there. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, obviously the amount a very very wealthy country. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of the richest countries in the world. Yeah. Yeah, one of them were good mates. He lived there for a while. Oh, he was yeah. working over there and um, he just says they're just loaded. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, they basically bribed and, yeah, that's how mm. they got the bid. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And, 
like for Qatar, like, see, that's why they always have the World Cup in the middle of the year because that's when the European and, you know, the northern season, well, pretty much all the football nations, that's when they have their off season. You yeah. know, so they have it then. Yeah. So for them to go outside that and have it right at the end of the year, yeah, yeah it's uh, a bit dodgy, you know. Yeah. Like if it's actually Australia went for that bid and they got one vote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, one vote because they they couldn't they did yeah didn't bribe them. Yeah, yeah. But in 1988, we had. Uh, Canadian sprinter Ben Johnson, he was sent home in disgrace when he was stripped of his Olympic 100-metre gold medal at the Seoul Olympics after testing positive to anabolic steroids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, and then he made a comeback and he was just you know, a complete slow coach compared to what he was like when he was on steroids. Yeah. Yeah, and he's been caught a few times over the years and... Uh, yeah, so And then 2007 We had Marion Jones She was stripped of her gold medals The US sprinter was stripped of her 100 and 200 metre gold medals That she won at the Sydney 2000 Olympics uh, After finally coming clean in court About using steroids mm. And according to sportscasting.com She admitted to lying to federal agents under oath and also admitted to the check cashing scheme with her former boyfriend and sprinter Tim Montgomery. Jones faced up to five years in prison. However, in 2008, she was sentenced to six months in jail. Now lives a, She now lives a positive and redeemed life. Yeah. Uh, well, she was originally a basketballer, uh, so she ended up going back and playing basketball. Yeah. Uh, mm. Now, we go to the world of the NRL. <laughs> Where do we start? Yeah. Oh, boy. The, yeah, the NRL alone, we could cover... Half, oh, you could cover a whole show. Cover a couple of episodes, but yeah. Yeah, but this is one that we've uh, spoken about before. Probably one of the biggest ones in Australian sport. Yeah. Yeah, the salary cap scandal by the Melbourne Storm in 2010. They were found to have committed serious and systematic breaches of the salary cap for the past five years by running a dual contract and bookkeeping system. Uh And according to Wikipedia, the NRL discovered $3.78 million in payments made to players. The Storm was stripped of their 2007 and 2009 premierships yeah. And the 2006, 07, 09 minor premierships. Yeah. And then in mid-2002, uh, Canterbury, who were leading the competition table at the time by a long way, they were found by the NRL to have committed series, yeah. a series in, yeah. of uh, deliberate breaches of the salary cap. Yeah. The club was fined half a million dollars and stripped of all their competition points. Yeah. Yep. Now, we forgot to mention this a few weeks ago when we had the 2016 episode. I completely forgot about it. Yeah. Hey, Parramatta, they were also found guilty of breaching yeah. the salary cap. Yeah. Well, this happened over a four-year period when they were getting the wooden spoon every year. 
Yeah, so they were found making illegal third-party payments to star players. Uh, Not that they had many star players then. uh, They probably had one, Jared Hayne, that was it. And the club was stripped of its uh, 2016 Auckland Nines title and they were fined a million dollars and had 12 competition points taken from them. Yeah. So just explain about the salary cap. Well, they have the salary cap. It's each team's uh, given a certain amount that they can spend on players. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know what it is now, but I remember, you know, it was around about $4 million so there at one stage. To cover all the players. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For all the teams, yeah, the cover, yeah. Yeah, so, it, so but, but some players got more than others and yeah. Stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so what some of them have been found to have been doing, well, say with the Melbourne Storm, they were found to have been running a second set of books. Yeah. Yeah, so they had their actual um, system where, you know, it would have shown how much they'd blown past the salary cap. Yeah. um, Where they'd put this, you know, fraudulent other set of books Oh, you know, we're paying this player this amount and this player. And the players and the coach reckon they knew nothing about it. Yeah. But I think, you know, if you're getting all these nice cars and, <laughs> like, a nice home and you think you'd think something was going on, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it's just, just amazing. But they've they got to have the salary cap. Yeah. Like, it's important or else yeah. you'd have – the Brisbane Broncos winning the comp every year. Yeah. You know? Because well, they're a one-team big city club. Yeah. So they, one of the reasons they've been able to go so well over the years is they could afford to pay their players less because they'd have all these third-party deals on top of that, yeah. you know? They'd get all this extra money for uh, doing TV ads and that sort of, sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, it's very important that they have it there, and and it's so you don't get like an English Premier League where you know pretty much for the last twenty years or so, thirty years, yeah, you've just had really four teams yeah. winning each year, apart yeah. from when Leicester City won, yeah, you know, and the rest just make the the world go round, yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Uh. so they don't have a salary cap. As much as I know, with the English Premier League, yeah. it's just whoever's the richest club, yeah. you know, they can spend whatever they like. Uh, like I heard during the week, Christian Ronaldo, you know, he's probably the highest paid footballer in the world. He gets $750,000 a week. Yeah. <laughs> a week. Yeah. That's incredible. That would, and he's like 36 years of age. Yeah. yeah. Charlie Sheen was getting that per episode. Really? For two and a half men. And then the contract, that even when Charlie Sheen went off the rails yeah. and they brought in Ashton Kutcher, yeah. they still had to pay him 750000 for really? every episode that they, they made, even though he wasn't in it. Yeah. But, you know, because it was being so successful at the time, mm. they just kept it going. Yeah. 
for a couple more seasons. Well, what Parramatta had to do when they they had to they weren't allowed to get any more premiership points mm. until they could prove that they were under the salary cap. Yeah. So they had to get rid of their hooker Nathan Peets at the time, uh, which a lot of the fans weren't happy about. Uh, so he ended up going to the Gold Coast and yeah. yeah. And they had a good team that year. They'd bought well and they were on their way back, you know. Mm. So, yeah, we've got the NRL sex scandal. So where do you start there? <laughs> There's yeah. like one every week just exactly. about. Exactly. But probably the biggest one's the, uh, the 2004. Uh, this was in the preseason. The Canterbury players were staying in Coffs Harbour and they were staying at this big resort there. And I've, I've actually stayed there a couple of times over the years and mm. swum in that pool and, you know, where yeah. they alleged it all happened and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was big news that year. And you had the Cronulla players in Auckland that year. Yeah. Oh, I think that might have been a bit early, a couple of years earlier. Yeah. Um, and then 2013, we go to the swimming now. You had the Still Knock Six, it was called. And this was a year after the Australian swimming team produced their worst Olympic performance in 20 years at the 2012 London Olympics. Um. Eamon Sullivan, James Magnuson, Cameron McAvoy and their four by 100 metre relay teammates. So, yeah, four by 100 metre relay teammates. Uh, The Still Knock Six, they were called, admitted to taking the prescription... Sleeping drug, so that's what it was called, still knocks. Yeah. Um, during a bonding session ahead of the Olympics yeah. for 2012. Yeah. Apparently it's got really big side effects, still uh, still knocks. Yeah. Although it helps you sleep, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. One of the major side effects is sleepwalking. Yeah. Yeah, and they found some people have died from it. Yeah. You know, fallen off balconies and... I'll tell you a little thing about it wasn't sleepwalking, but it was my sisters. Mm. I hope they don't hear this episode, but um, yeah. when we first moved to Port Macquarie, we moved in with our grandmother, and they they um, stayed in the in the queen size bed. Yeah, and apparently one night, one of them would sit up. Still asleep and start abusing the other one, then lay back down. The yeah. other one would get <laughs> and abuse her back, then lay back down, and this went on. And my yeah. older brother got woken up by the by all the yelling between them and, yeah. and went in and saw this happening. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then when he brought it up the next day, the my sisters just absolutely denied mm. what what was. What, what was going on? And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. There was no drugs involved, or it was just something that was just sleep, yeah. talking, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we go to the world of rugby union now. So Israel Folau and Rugby Australia, this scandal. It's happened more recently in recent years. Yeah. So Israel Folau. He's a star Australian dual international in rugby league and rugby union. Yeah. 
And uh, he made numerous homophobic comments on social media in 2018 and was dismissed by Rugby Australia and New South and the New South Wales Waratahs, so the club team he played for, yeah. state team. So yeah. Folau took both to court in 2019 and according to ESPN.com, requested $14 million in compensation, saying he could have been Wallaby's captain. No chance of that. Yeah, but, but, but yeah, he also got someone had a fundraising page for his legal. That's right, yeah. Uh, $2 million or so. Yeah. And he's got six homes. Oh. Like he's not shot of a quid. How ridiculous was that? Uh, and because he was viewing his, his you know, God-given rights. yeah. Just really, that one really bugged me. Oh yeah, absolutely bugged me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> bugged many that one. Yeah. Oh, and now and now he's in Japan, playing over there. Right, because he was playing recently for Southport well, Rugby League yeah, team, wasn't he? And then yeah, he's, he's gone over there now. Yeah. So what did he play there? What one game? Yeah. Then COVID it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because. Uh, the the that Palmer was behind it. Yeah, uh, well, he brought a crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, oh, he was an awesome player. Yeah, but he was never going to be Wallaby's captain. Yeah, you know, it's like he was just looking for a buck. Yeah, yeah. And so he, yeah, he conducted several questionable. Questionable sermons, including one preaching against uh, same-sex marriage and abortion. And this apparently he says that um, same-sex marriage and abortion caused the bushfires, which uh-huh. ravaged New South Wales that year. Yeah. <laughs> what a load of gibbering <laughs> rubbish. Exactly. Yeah. Oh gosh! That's just like all these conspiracies theories yeah. go around. Oh my god! I, yeah, when I hear about them, all people say to, to me about, it, I just go, yeah. I wish I could just have a cricket bat and just take them out. <laughs> you know, just the world's enough stress as it is without mm. people making up the uh, making up the oh jeez the crap because they were even talking about oh there's going to be lockdown on. On Friday morning at 10 o'clock. Imagine if you're sitting there listening to that sermon and you're going, what's, yeah. he, what's he doing? What's he yeah. What's he going on about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the, yeah, yeah, they, they get up there and they preach. Oh, gosh. C- compared to decades of scientific proof. Yeah. It goes on about, about <sighs> yeah. how, how can someone... Go and say that when mm. there's sixty thousand years of indigenous history that can tell you yeah. why it went like that. That's right, and it's because about what the ma- white man's influence mm. in in mismanaging the land. Yeah. That's why it happened. That's right. That just bugs me. Yeah, spot on. Yeah. So, yeah, we've got the Cronulla and Essendon supplement scandal now in 2013. So sports scientist Stephen Dank, he was responsible for overseeing a regimen that involved the administration of two banned growth hormone 
releasing peptides, which was injected into Cronulla players. And according to Wikipedia, thymosin beta-4 was administered to Essendon players that led to their AFL suspension in 2016. So they had to field like a reserve grade team that year. Uh. Their coach, James Hurd, he was... um, he was sacked and yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, Cronulla didn't receive much punishment though. You know, just some of their players cop you know, half a dozen game game suspensions. And yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah, we go to the world of horse racing. So this is we're going back many years. Okay, now we're going back to 1984, the yeah. fine cotton affair. Yeah. So that happened up here in Brisbane. And underachieving racehorse fine cotton showed a big improvement in form and won a race at Eagle Farm Racecourse. Mm. It was actually a different horse called Bold Personality, which was a much better performer. So yeah. <laughs> Bold Personality impersonated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And according to the Sydney Morning Herald, trainer Hayden Haytana was disqualified and leading Sydney bookmaker Robbie Waterhouse lost his fielding licence for 17 years over the incident. So I think I was talking to you about this the other day. So what they did, (laughs) they painted um, uh, bold personality, they painted his legs white to make it look like he was fine cotton. <laughs> He's running around the track and uh, the paint starts coming off. <laughs> yeah, the racing authorities are going, geez, something fishy going on here. Uh, What's going on? Because um, they were both in the same race. Mm. So they would have had both different numbers and jersey colours. Yeah, no, well, this was... Um, yeah, it was just the one race, like fine yeah. cotton, the one horse. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, they'd put bold personality in in place of fine cotton. Oh, so fine cotton didn't run. Nah, nah. But but but, but it, as much as I know, yeah, he would have had, the jockey would have had to be wearing his colours and having the, his number on. Yeah, well, they would have probably changed that too. Yeah, yeah, well, they would have fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, the trainer, Hayden Haytana, he went into hiding. Yeah. And the police eventually found him and he went to jail and, um. yeah. So, uh, and then we go to Greyhound Racing now. We had the live baiting scandal in 2015. And this occurred in at least three Australian states where live baiting of racing greyhounds was exposed on the ABC TV show Four Corners and in the Sydney Morning Herald. So, yeah, New South Wales, not long after that, they banned the sport in the wake of the scandal, but the, the decision was wound back three months later. So, um, yeah, so it brought an introduction of new welfare standards which were aimed to improve the community's perception of the sport. They're oh, beautiful animals, greyhounds. Yeah, like I, yeah. I was in a dog park. Yeah. Oh, just early last week. Yeah. And oh, just beautiful natures. There was yeah. a greyhound there. Yeah, but just how they get treated. Oh yeah, shocking. And then especially yeah, you know, when they 
gone past eight years by oh, that. Oh, yeah. They just sort of, uh, yeah. Mm. Dump them on the side of the road or... Yeah. Or, yeah, take them somewhere and dispose of them. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just, just shocking. A, uh, yeah, I just hate. They're wonderful pets. Yeah. yeah. I just hate any any harm to any animal. But, mm. but, but with dogs, they're just so loyal. Yeah. Well, I've got a friend who, um, yeah, she, she's got a greyhound and she's, you know, Involved, you know, with greyhound rescuing, and yeah. and when she heard that decision, you know, from New South Wales yeah. that they were banning it, yeah, yeah. oh, she was d- absolutely delighted. Yeah. But you know, money, yeah, yeah. money, all, money, money brought all, it back in. That's right. Yeah, and yeah, that's sad. Really sad. Okay, let's get Miss Olivia. right, Miss Olivia. Back up. You're back on. Time to reveal this week's Who Am I? Oh, that's a bit sad, but anyway. Okay. Should I read out the questions first before I reveal the answers? Yeah, that's a good idea. All right. Just talk a bit further to the mic. Sorry, darling. He's sitting in my chair. <laughs> <laughs> Dum 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 dum. That's a bit background music. Dum 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 dum. Question one: What did Mike Tyson do to his opponent, Evander Holyfield, in a 1997 heavyweight title bout? Should I read it again? No. Okay. Question two: What famous? <laughs> what? Famous media personality did a TV interview of Lance Armstrong in January 2013 where he exposed the greatest doping scandal of all time. Question three. What was the name of the late former South African cricket captain who was involved in match fixing in 2000? Mm. The answer to question one is he was a bit hungry he got a bit hungry <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> he bit his ear uh, yep um the answer I to wonder the what it tastes question. like <laughs> <laughs> the, the answer to the second question is Oprah Winfrey yeah. and the answer to the third question is Nancy Cronje. 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 Yeah. I was That's close. Right. Yep. Yeah. Okay, then give us the answer. To the now, the answer to who am I? That's just under I don't know where it is. Dum 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 dum. Okay, uh, the answer uh, to who am I is Sepp Blatter. Sepp Blatter. Yeah, thank yeah. you, Miss Olivia. Well yep. Yeah. Okay. Good, good job, Livy. Good yeah. tag teaming. Yeah. <laughs> Rightio, yeah. 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 I just heard a um, podcast, the Mindset Mentor podca- podcast this morning that I listened to. Yeah. Yeah, and it was um, 
the topic was about overcoming fear. And apparently, like Mike Tyson, he was giving this talk once and he was saying, uh, you know, that that it was us, they were asking him, you know, did you ever fear? Did you ever experience fear when you're in, when you were boxing? Yeah. And you wouldn't think he ever would, but apparently, leading up to his fights, he was petrified. Yeah. 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 Um, But apparently, he, he dealt with it. By when he got in the ring, by having no doubt, yeah, uh, yeah, having you know, just having full confidence in himself, and uh, yeah, not having any doubt at all, yeah, uh, it's, okay. it didn't stop him from biting Vander Holyfield's ear. <laughs> but I, I actually saw, um, oh, it would have been five years ago, I'd say maybe, uh, um, and Oprah Winfrey, Oprah Winfrey, she. Interviewed both of them, uh, yeah. All these years later, and yeah, they've they've um, forgiven and moved on. Uh, They're even like mates now, just about. Uh, yeah. yeah, yep, uh, yeah. Hollyfield's forgiven him, and uh, yep, yeah. So uh, yeah, we're going to do the draw now. Yeah, so yep, <laughs> so. <laughs> I was just thinking, yeah, have, we done, have we done anything on against the odds? I think we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. done that one. So what can but we I've, do? I've got an idea. Okay. Yeah, go. I've got a scoop idea for scoop you. Scoop idea. Okay. So during, uh, I saw it in the news early in the week, on yeah, the highlights from the Paralympics, yeah. and there was a, oh, a lady, an Aussie called Lauren Parker. And she was a women. She was in the women's para triathlon, and she led the whole race, the whole race, from start to nearly finish with about a meter to go. And this American's nicked it and overtaken her. And they were interviewing a coach afterwards, uh, Lauren Parker's coach, and he was just shattered. Yeah. Absolutely shattered. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, so what I was thinking of doing a topic called Ones That Hurt. <laughs> ones yeah. That Hurt. Yeah. I'll give you another example. It was the 1989 Rugby League Grand Final between yeah. Balmain and Canberra. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, Balmain had the game won. Yeah. All sewn up. Yeah. You know, and... Yeah, Canberra scored right on the bell, yeah. went into extra time, Balmain lost. Yeah. And to this day, a lot of uh, Balmain players have never, they can't bring themselves to watch that game. Yeah. Yeah, all these years later, over 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Because there were so many what-ifs in that. In that yeah. You know, Balmain's Benny Elias, if his field goal hadn't have hit the crossbar. Yeah. <laughs> if... Uh, you know, McNeil was an ankle tapped by Mel Meninga. Uh, you know, they win. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if Wayne Pierce hadn't have dropped the ball with the line wide open. Uh, yeah. So I was think, thinking, yeah, we'll do. We'll talk about that next week. Okay. We'll go back the last 40, 50 years and, uh, oh, boy, I've got some in my head. I'll tell you that. Uh, yeah. yeah. That okay. years later, I still haven't got over. Yeah. <laughs> so...
Yeah, so thanks for joining us for this episode of the Sports Shack. So please check out our Facebook for posts. So it's a goodbye from Paul. It's a goodbye from Glenn. Goodbye. G'day, it's me again. Please check out the Sporting Shack on Facebook if you like this for posts and other likes and shares. Have a great sporting week. Please check out Gold Studio Productions on Facebook. Until next time...